Welcome to The Tap, the podcast that hydrates our listeners' minds with knowledge, expertise, and gives a front row ticket to be in the know about all things relating to the IV hydration therapy industry. Hey guys, welcome back to The Tap podcast. This is your host, Tyler Terry. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Jennifer Coop Cooper. She goes by Coop. She is a board-certified acute care nurse practitioner who specializes in surgery, IV therapy, and total body wellness. After more than 10 years in the operating room, Coop has assisted in literally thousands of procedures from heart transplants to mommy makeovers. Now in private practice at Pacific Heights Plastic Surgery, Cooper continues to provide exceptional care to her patients, both in the OR, as well as in her in-office wellness lounge. Here, she specialized in IV therapy, injectable supplements, and medical weight management. Coop is also a certified IV provider specializing in home IV immunotherapy. Coop, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to meet with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. We're super excited to have you and to learn from you and to ask you a few questions here to be a guide for our audience. So thank you. Um, my, my first question, you know, after getting to know you and, and studying your background, my, my first question centers on the type of practice that's best suited for IV therapy. So what type of practice, in your opinion, is best suited for this type of offering? So really, this can be done out of just about any existing practice. Um, You really just need a treatment room um, and your basic supplies. Um, But as far as maximizing time, efficiency, profit, things like that, it's going to be best to add this service to um, a clinic that's already offering some sort of personalized service, whether it's um, aesthetics or plastics or dermatology, things like that. If you're already seeing a provider there for uh, an additional treatment, say cool sculpting or Botox or something like that, it's a great add-on to a, a clinic that's already set up to be a little bit more boutique as opposed to the medical side of things. Okay. And just to dive a little deeper into that, are you cross-selling your surgical patients over to IV and then vice versa? Absolutely. The surgical patients, we recommend uh, a couple of different um, options that we have. We've got some IVs that are geared more towards prepping them for surgery, maximizing their nutrients prior to surgery. And we've got other ones that are more geared towards uh, recovery and pain control, helping with swelling, things like that after surgery. Um, and then it also goes the other direction where a patient will come in for an IV and say, oh, well, while I'm here, let me just get a quote for XYZ, you know, mommy makeover, breast implants, Botox, whatever other options we have here. And yeah, we see a lot of back and forth between our two service lines. Okay, that's, that's awesome. Um, what has been when you're cross promoting those patients? Do you feel like um, an email that goes out to them or is it in practice education? 
or is it during the consultation? When do you feel like is the best uh, part of that experience to talk about that service? Well, we send out uh, email blasts um, fairly regularly and we update, you know, what our offerings are or if we're running any, you know, specials or anything like that. Uh, so that information gets disseminated regularly, you know, to everyone. Uh, but then when they're in for uh, to see Dr. Kaplan for Botox or for a consultation or, um, you know, any any other services on his side of things, you know, he usually brings it up. And then same thing is on my side. Um, you know, I will talk to the patients while they're here, uh, answer any questions that they have about his services. But then the the key point is our front desk is our reception, our point of uh, interaction with the patients. They're the ones that are answering emails, answering phone calls, talking to the patients in person, and really just letting people know about what our offerings are. We've got a menu out front explaining the differences, explaining that it can be a standalone service. It can be an add-on service. They can do it by themselves. They can bring friends just really going over all the details with them kind of at, at any interaction that we can that it would be applicable. Okay um, I have another question for you in regards to this. So I know when I first went in as a patient it was a new experience and I didn't really know the cadence like is this something I come in for once a year? Is it just like when I don't feel good? Maybe it's every couple years? Is it once a month? It's kind of like when you go sure. to the chiropractor you don't really know how often to go until you start going. Where just to explain to our audience, at what point are you explaining that to the patient? And then how are you reminding them to come back in? Sure. Um, a lot of that's a very common question is, is this a one time thing? Do I come only when I'm sick? Or do I come when I'm feeling better? When, when do I come and get this? So our recommendation is for anybody who's healthy and just looking for a boost in, in hydration, in nutrients, things like that. They can come, you know, we, we recommend usually uh, every two weeks um, or once a month, kind of depending on, on how you feel and your own, you know, personal medical history, things like that. Then if there's also the option for if you're sick, if you've got something going on um, that you want to, you know, that hydration is going to help you feel better, being hungover, having a GI issue, things like that. Anytime you've got an issue like that, we can treat that at the time of the illness or the, the issue that's going on um, and re help replenish the hydration and their nutrients. But then they also might want to come back in a couple of weeks just to top things off. You know, we, we got them over the hump of being ill. They're feeling a little better, but now let's top them off in two weeks. So we try to send them a, a reminder and just check in and you know, how are you feeling after your IV? Do you feel it would be beneficial for an additional one? And a lot of times people say, yeah, you know, I, I was feeling really bad. This helped me feel better. And then I want to come back for a boost in a couple of weeks. So that's typically how we run things. And anybody who comes in um, regularly, they kind of schedule their next visit before they leave. So wow. we see a lot of repeats. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to shift gears here a little bit and let's actually talk about IV parties and what you would recommend to patients if they'd like to schedule an IV party and how does that process look and feel? Sure. 
So with IV parties, we tend to do, we try to limit it to about four to six people just for space and time constraints. Um, we've got a, a fairly large exam room that we can rearrange furniture in and get, you know, seating in for everybody. But the expectation is to, we want to be honest and forthright with everybody that this isn't going to be a fast appointment. And the, and the yeah. more people that you have, <laughs> the longer it's going to take. But the way that we tend to do it, everyone gets sent the, all of their consents and everything in advance so that there's less downtime with paperwork when they come into the office. So once yeah. they're in, we confirm their, their information, make sure that they've selected the IV that they want, make sure that it's appropriate for them. Then we get everybody ready and we just go boom, boom, boom. We set it up like a station and we start everyone's IVs first. And once the IV is started, then we go mix their bags, then we hang their bags. So everybody starts at the same time. It kind of helps with timing, you know, towards the end so that it, you may have somebody that's running a little slower than, than the rest. But if you start everybody's fluids at the same time, they're going to be done right or, you know, uh, around the same time. Uh, and then we set up music, we can bring in appetizers, you know, kind of whatever they want to do. If they're celebrating something, you know, we can do some theming with our decorations or our music, things like that. And we just really try to make it a, a fun experience that they can sit around and chit chat, and listen to their music. And it's, they love it, you know, and it's, it's an enjoyable time and everybody leaves feeling great. And they, uh, a lot of times they'll schedule their follow-up before they leave. Wow, that is amazing. That sounds fun. Sign me up. <laughs> um, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about, uh, I'm not sure if you offer this, but what about if a patient wants to do it at their house? Is that something that you offer as well? So we're not currently offering that, but that's definitely something that's totally doable. If you're set up for uh, and have that ability, um, totally, you can do everything electronically as far as all the consents and everything go or you can take them paper and go with you there and have them fill up the consents and everything out in person you bring all your supplies you know you you show up at your arranged time and do the iv and you know they're in the comfort of their home they can have whatever music or snacks or whatever they want they might be working on their laptop you know and that that's a great way to get people to to sign up because they go, Oh, I don't have to go anywhere. This is great. So that is yeah. definitely a really nice offering. If you can make it happen. All right. We're going to go ahead and shift gears a little bit here. And I would love for you to give us some insight when it comes to overhead and startup costs. If you'd like to add IV therapy to your existing practice, or even if you just wanted to start up and, and only offer IV therapy. The overhead is actually pretty low on this because really all you need is your, your IV supplies. You're looking at, you know, your saline or your lactated ringers, the fluid that the, the uh, additives are going to be put into. You're looking at tubing, the IV start kit included an IV, a tourniquet, an alcohol wipe, you know, just basic supplies. And then any of the supplements that you're going to be adding, um, those are going to vary by your supplier. but for the most part, things are, are readily available and by and large are affordable for pretty much anybody, you know, entering the space. There are a couple of ingredients that tend to be more costly, um, but those can be added on later once you're established, or if there's a big draw for that specific ingredient, you know, that would allow for 
more expensive ingredients if you know that there's a a bigger crowd for it. Besides the actual, the physical um, IV supplies and things that you need, really it's paperwork. It's doing a consent and getting a good in, informed consent and making sure that you're checking all the boxes from the administrative side. Beyond that, you need a space to do the IV. So, you know, whether yeah. that's in the patient's home or in your clinic or, you know, in an exam room, something like that, that's kind of all you need. So not okay. much to it. It's, it's kind of a, it's got a lower entry point compared to some other service lines. Yeah, of course. And with that being said, when we're talking about the physical space, do you have any recommendations or is there anything to look out for in terms of, hey, you need at least this much space or you need this size of a room in order to do it really well? Is there anything that you have there? As far as space constraints go, if you're doing one patient at a time, you really just need a place for the patient to sit comfortably and a hook to hang the IV bag on. So this can be done in a small area. You don't need a big exam room or, you know, somebody's giant living room. It could be done anywhere that's comfortable for the patient. And really that's part of the experience is building the, the overall uh, experience for them, including you know, the chair that they're sitting in and the lighting in the room and other things that are, that are going to impact, you know, how this goes for them. Nobody likes to be stuck by a needle. It's painful and it's, you know, it's uncomfortable, but if you can create an entire experience for them and they leave feeling not only like they got what they paid for, um, they feel better physically and they had a good time because they were in an enjoyable environment. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you talked about the experience. I know that you might not be able to share all of your secret ingredients at your practice, but what are maybe one or two highlights that you feel like separates your practice from the rest that other practices can learn from? I have a really nice lounge. We call it. It's called the lounge. And Uh, This is where we do all of our IV therapy and all of our medical weight management. We have a nice chair. We have mood lighting. We have aromatherapy. We have um, all the senses. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And we we put leg massagers on and we give them a warm blanket because they tend to get cold from the IV fluids going in. They got their blanket. They got their leg massagers. They got the smelly goods coming out of the aromatherapy. They got music on. They got their phone plugged in on the, on the charger there and they're just chilling and people love it. You know, that they go Zen, they go, they come in and it's their time to just disconnect and focus completely on themselves. That's incredible. It reminds me of a salt room. I go to a salt room here in my city and, you know, a lot of times I'll just meditate or some, I see some people that bring their laptop in and they send emails and do things, but um, it sounds very relaxing, very it is. grounding. It is. That's it. And, you know, and I like to just have the, the full experience for people because they, they leave going, yeah, that was great. You know, like, I can't wait to come back. Yes. Okay. This is my last question to end with. Sure. We, we touched on consents a little bit, and I feel like that's, uh, it's very important to know the the timing is kind of a dance because it really can mess up your day if you have all of your patients didn't sign their documents you expect that a a large percentage won't, but 
Do you have any tips on how to get patients to sign their documents ahead of time? So that one's kind of tough. People tend to push them off until the last minute usually. So when we're when we're doing the initial booking, um, especially if it's an IV party and you've got multiple people coming, uh, we really try to reiterate how important it is to get this paperwork done before you get here because it's gonna save us time. It's gonna make things a lot easier and you're gonna have a better experience because you're not waiting for everybody to do the paperwork. Um, and for the most part, people get that um, and they they get in, um, sometimes they have forgotten to sign one of the documents. Or, so they'll, they'll finish signing anything that needs to be signed here um, and they go, oh, okay, I see why it would have been important to, you know, have all of this done. It would have been an easier check-in process if I had all my paperwork done. So usually once they've been through the process once, they go, okay, yeah, they see the, the value in having it done in advance. But just you know, reiterating how important it is, not only for their time but for their experience as well. Love that. That's perfect. And I think that's it. Just like that talk track and providing that value to the patient. Hey, it's going to be valuable for your experience, valuable for your time. It'll help us serve you better. That's mm -hmm. amazing. And that's exactly what I was wanting for the audience to hear because it sounds like you've got it down. It sounds like this is down to a science in regards to your lounge and, and what you've created. So the main thing I want to tell you is thank you so much for your time. And even more importantly, Absolutely. thank you for your service to our country. That is amazing. Um, I always want to express my gratitude for that. But Absolutely. Um, who, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before, before we end the podcast? Um, I guess I would just like to say, like, you know, if you've got a space for this or you, you're even considering it, like, you know, look into it and just check out pricing, see how much it is to get a case of IV bags. You know, it's pretty cheap and it's doable, you know, and give it a shot and see how it goes because you're not going to lose out all that much if nobody shows up, you know, and that's pretty unlikely. This is a pretty high demand service. So now's the time to jump on board and, you know, get, get your your little business started, get your name out there and have people coming to you because you've got the best little secret in town. That's amazing. I love it. Another little golden tip by Coop. So thank you so much for, for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, again, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I look forward to building a friendship over the years to come and hopefully we'll get a chance to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh -huh. Have a great day. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Do me a favor, and if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you're notified when our next episode is posted. Also, rate and review this podcast and share it with any of your friends and colleagues. The TAP podcast is brought to you by the American IV Association, also known as AVA. The American IV Association works to deliver training, education, legal compliance, and business excellence to advance the IV hydration therapy industry. Stay current, compliant, and fully informed with the American IV Association. Join today to learn how AVA can benefit you.